Welcome to the New Witches, y'all. I'm Maria. I'm Laura. And we are doing another ethical witchcraft episode today. Burr, 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 burr. Finally. <clears throat> it's been it's taken it's, us a while. It's, it's been a minute. Um, but first before we get into the episode, of course, how are you doing? Um I don't know. I still yeah. don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Still in a limbo of sorts. So I'm trying to survive. <laughs> yeah, I I I saw your post um on Instagram just before I got on here. Um and that was really powerful. Uh, what you said. Oh. I'm sorry you're going through it. Yeah. It's yeah. It's hard and it's like even in some of the support groups where people absolutely know like exactly what you're going through, you still end up with a lot of people that, you know, aren't as I don't want to say comforting because it's no one needs to be comforting, but like they still kind of have that not toxic positivity, but kind of like some there level. is such thing because as toxic they positivity want... for sure. Oh yeah. But it's like they want hope themselves, I think. Yeah. So they still kind of put that out there for someone else, which is like, it's really nice. But, you know, sometimes I think people forget support groups are the place where you get to be super vulnerable. And, yeah. um, you know, there are some good people on there. Yeah. And unfortunately, but... there's also people who are like uncomfortable with negativity. Yeah. Not that you're even being pessimistic. It's not even that, but that there's just some right. people that aren't able to handle when someone else seeing someone else going through pain, they just don't know what to say. Yeah. And so they go for yep. like, um, you gotta think positive or it'll all be okay. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily mm-hmm. what somebody wants to hear when they are opening up and being vulnerable. Right. And it's you know, there's so many different situations where what I've seen, especially in this group, is are people like me who started off, their posts are super positive, and then as time goes on, you know, everyone kind of keeps everyone updated, mm-hmm. and you see them kind of slowly breaking down. Yeah. And it's like, if you aren't in the spot that they're in, and you can't feel that, sometimes it's okay to not say anything. Just put a little reaction emoji. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I remember there was, but it's, yeah, I remember there was a very powerful video I saw a while ago about like um, uh, empathy versus sympathy. Yeah, and it was. Oh my gosh, I sent that to a few people in my life who I'm like, uh, yeah, I would love if when I have one of like my breakdowns or whatever it is, like I want these words, mm-hmm. um, because I have like I I have people in my life who I know love me dearly. And then, like, when I'm, like, mm-hmm. down in the trenches and not feeling so well, they kind of do that kind of toxic positivity thing. And it's, you know, to help me. Or they uh, immediately go on, like, how to solve right. it, telling me how, how I can solve it. And it's all so well-intentioned. It totally is. Because they love you, mm-hmm. but not yeah. the most helpful. So one of the most powerful things I learned from that video and for anyone who's out there listening who's wondering like yeah like I'm one of those people who I always like knee jerk reaction I want to go to a, a positive when you know a loved one is going through something um super simple 
just say, I'm so sorry, but I'm so glad you told me. Like, I'm here for you. Yeah. Like that. Or just like, yeah. wow, that sucks. Period. I'm so sorry. Yep. That's one of my favorite things to hear from people. Is <laughs> that really sucks. Yeah. It's like, yes, it really does. It fucking sucks. <laughs> it really sucks. Because that's just, I don't know. It's not just like, I think another good tip is just listen to what someone's saying and maybe label or relabel what it is they're telling you, like what emotions mm. they're trying to yeah. get across. Like yeah. It sounds like you're having a really hard time. It sounds like you're really upset. You're really angry at this. Because sometimes yeah. that's what someone needs to hear and that it's okay. Because mm-hmm. a lot of that toxic yeah. positivity can sometimes make it feel like what you're feeling isn't okay. Like you're not supposed to feel It goes in line with the way. love Be and light hopeful. bullshit. Yep. And it, even it's, some it's of the very, like, mm-hmm. like if you don't like, oh, don't think that way. Like if you want a positive outcome, you have to think positively. And then that just starts putting blame on the person of like, okay, so does that mean if things don't turn out positively, like I fucked up? Because that's not mm-hmm. how that works. And that's, I don't yeah. know. I don't like that either. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm sorry. That sucks. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I do want to talk to you about, I finally did watch the Elisa Lamb docuseries on mm-hmm. Netflix. I mm-hmm. finished it. Uh-huh. And? And, like... First of all, wow, I think they did a pretty, like, great job of kind of covering all the different theories and getting a lot of different kinds yeah. of people interviewed. Like, man, like, the hotel manager, I'd never even, like, heard of her or heard anything from mm-hmm. her until the docuseries. But um, I'm glad that it ended on, like, a mental health note. Because, yeah. honestly, that's what I felt like it was. Um Exactly. And they did a good job of capturing, too, like, all of the uh, amateur, like, what what do they call them? The web sleuths? The online sleuths? The web? Oh, my God. Every time they said it, Graham and I just started laughing. It's, like, the perfect like, term. Like, absolutely that, too. I mean. Sure. I mean, there's people who actively, like, like, are oh investigating God. particular cases. Yeah. Like, I'm not to that level. I just um, yeah. am very intrigued about learning about cases. I don't necessarily actively try to solve one i mean i have fun with my own Mm -hmm. theories right but these people are really like they're contacting the police they're researching the shit out of every little detail and following every single little thread and there have been some cases solved with the help of web sleuths but the way that they captured like the disappointment because they had they grabbed like what two or three of the web sleuths that were all about the lisa lamb case Mm -hmm. Um, as well as some like screen grabs of like YouTubers talking about the Elisa Lam case, just like how everyone was just like did not want to believe there were horses instead of zebras behind those, you know, that I think was the most frustrating part to me was the web sleuths. And like, I, I absolutely understand like really trying to get things solved, but some of it was so far reaching that I thought you got to remember that like you're an amateur in this and I get that you're mm-hmm. frustrated with the professionals who are handling the case, but at the same time, they're not going to tell you everything. And even yeah, like no. some simple just, just things because you're, like you don't uh, hear them. It's like people assume just because the police isn't releasing information about like 
um, uh, developments of the case doesn't mean that those developments aren't happening. Exactly. And, and in some ways, I almost feel like it's better when you aren't hearing anything because that makes me feel like they have something and they don't want the public to know because they don't want the person who did it to know what they know or know that they know. Yeah. But they, you know, um, we know they know we know they know. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that was. But yeah, the whole thing with the tuberculosis thing was wild. That was kind of weird. Yeah. Like that whole. That one, I mean, I will just say I can see why it's and it's a really slippery slope because Mm -hmm. there were so many damn synchronicities with this case that it was hard if you're, you know, stepping into that world of web sleuthing to not try to put those dots together. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyways, I don't want to spoil it too much for people who haven't seen it. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, If you haven't heard of Lisa Lamb. Oh my god. <laughs> Look it up. It's a wild like uh it was a wild mystery at the time. It seems like we've gotten the answer. It really was. So it really happened. And I think so many now. people people really wanted to think something supernatural happened. I mean, they really there wanted was it some, to be a ghost. There was some creepy fucking shit like with the elevator footage. I mean, you just can't deny that it was eerie as fuck. I remember that at the beginning, but like uh, um ariel who we had on on here um mm-hmm. she on her tiktok someone asked her about the elisa lamb case and she's like i've seen the video i i you know i see shit i saw nothing mm-hmm. that doesn't mean there wasn't anything but yeah. i didn't see anything supernatural and i think the documentary kind of covered some of the stuff that seemed creepy about it like um yeah the time jumps um mm-hmm. but her behavior in it all I could think was someone who had a mental thing going on or drugs. Yeah. Just the yep. lack of or like, that there was the over exaggerated movements. Exactly. Or that there was somebody there that just was just out of frame that she was interacting with. See, Zan, I don't I know I mean, they were all talking about that shoe and I'm like, but that's her shoe. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? That's not that's her shoe. <laughs> Like that she's, you know, she's moving kind of funny. Yeah, like, yeah. That was just. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and it doesn't seem like it's in in line with her or in rhythm with her stride. And I'm like, it absolutely is, though. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, well, and I think the fact oh, that the family had their input, like mm-hmm. that, needed to be listened to as well. What they yeah. said because that kind of put things in alignment. But I was a little disappointed to not see any of the people like from her personal life interviewed but maybe yeah, you know i ab- obviously mm-hmm. that is totally their right to decline to be a part of it but yeah i'm interested they weren't able to get in anybody you know i was like i i feel mm-hmm. like in these kinds of docu series they al- almost always for sure get at least somebody who has been part of the victim's personal life yeah but- and i think it, it is interesting that no one wanted to be i one final thing I will say from my point of view of the whole thing, mm-hmm. I what they said in the end, I agree with. But I, the hotel manager gave me some real weird vibes. Not yeah. like she's involved, but there's something about her that made me feel like. I don't know. Hmm. I, I can't really put it into words. Something sketchy, something not quite 
some for someone to try to be like this hotel is fine it's great and then like you hear about what kind of hotel it was and the stuff that Mm -hmm. went on i think that her kind of um for lack of a better word like sliminess because she did have this kind of yeah not that she was um i don't think she was so much like withholding information but i think she even though the um this lawsuit was ruled in the hotel's favor like she still feels mm-hmm. like guilt because a lot of it she's very defensive because when you think about it very. like she it's it was a dangerous ass area in a sketchy ass hotel mm-hmm. and they literally did like false marketing with the, oh, the stay on main 100 and i think she knows that yeah I think she knows that. And again, you you hear how she says, like, I treated this as a corporate job. I think she's a very ambitious woman. And, you know, I think in her ambition, she made some mistakes. And I think in her conscience, she knows that. And I think that's mm-hmm. where that kind of like uneasiness from her is coming from. Because she's very, very defensive. Like, she, you're not going to. She's not going to see on camera. She is. Yeah. She's not going to see on camera. that No. That, you but know. there was something. I don't know. There was like, there's something, and I was telling Graham this. I'm like, I, I it's bothering me that I can't put into words exactly mm. what it is that I feel from her. Maybe I'll get a dream about it. I'll have to think about it for like a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should get into this Had episode. Some crazy dreams lately. <laughs> really? Yeah. Honestly, same. What? Uh, anything really, really wild, like premonition, like, or just kind of weird? Um, I dreamt that I lived on Mars before Mars went extinct. Oh shit. Like the world was collapsing. Like all of our all of the structures, like we built into the I want to say the earth, but it's Mars. So <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. But like all of our structures were like the planet. Like we built into it and then mm-hmm. we didn't some the atmosphere was changing. We didn't totally know what was happening. We did require suits when we went out into the the air, like outside. But mm-hmm. like it just things were just like collapsing down and i was part of a group that was studying what was happening interesting and there's a lot more to it but that was like the gist of it it was very strange meanwhile i'm having dreams of my best friend getting married in a grocery store so <laughs> which one it was like which whole food i i think it was which whole which foods, whole foods. <laughs> Oh yeah, Whole Foods store number three one five. No, um, I it was it was like a um, like a you know organicy like health food. I feel like it, it felt kind of like a Sprouts, but I wasn't sure. It was like a mix between mm-hmm. a Costco and a Sprouts farmers market because Maybe like a big Sprouts. Yeah, like if Sprouts were a wholesale grocery store is what it felt yeah. like. So it was like you know very weird either way (laughs) for there to be a wedding there (laughs) but i just remember like i just remember marie being like oh my gosh i need to put my cell phone somewhere like i don't have pockets in my dress and i'm like okay and for some reason i'm like an employee at this place and so i put it in one of like the employee lockers (laughs) for her i don't know it was weird as fuck (laughs) oh man anyways okay wow 16 minutes in um, we got to get this thing started. <laughs> All right. So yeah. for today's ethical witchcraft episode, we are focusing on spells, curses, and hexes. 
Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> we've been think we've been talking about doing this one for a while and I'm I'm excited to finally like get down yeah. to it. Um because I we both have thoughts on this. Um Mhm. But yes, I'll let you kick and it off. And you were saying though. too that right now February was going to be a good time. I mean, Valentine's mm-hmm. Day has already passed, but like love is still in the air, like almost springtime, mm-hmm. all the animals are fornicating. Um Yep. So, like, I mean, we're obviously going to talk about more than just love spells, but ethics involved in all of these. So, I mean, like, I, it's been a while since our last ethical episode, so maybe let's revisit what ethics <laughs> yeah. are in the first place. Um, at its simplest, Perfect. ethics, they're a system of moral principles. Ethics is concerned with what's good for individuals mm-hmm. and society and is also described as moral philosophy. Um, it's how we determine right from wrong. So, which, you know, right and wrong isn't always so black and white. There's a lot of gray area, but that's also where ethics can really help determine which direction you're headed in. So why do we have to talk about ethics? Why do witches have to do that? Right? Well, because we have to. (laughs) Yeah. You start talking about, you know, working with the universe or the world or spirit or whatever it is, you have to put yourself in a position of distinguishing right from wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. If you're going to work with anything that it can affect anyone else, you absolutely have to be ethical about it. So our last ethical episode, we talked about cultural appropriation big time and our responsibility to not harm, Mm -hmm. take or misuse others and their cultural beliefs and tools. Kind of that whole big. I mean, we focus mainly on sage and and some of those um, very specific mm-hmm. smoke cleansing type things. But that's that was the bigger picture. Right. And today still involves, you know, talking about not harming other people, but in a very different way. I think a lot less cultural, but more um, broad. All right. Yeah. I mean, that, I think that. You put it in a really good way. Um, I think especially like as witches that um, most of our practices, if not pretty much all, surround some sort of like, um, you know, nature, veneration, Mm -hmm. but also how we interact with the world around us. And that includes people. So, yeah, it's definitely... It, it behooves you <laughs> to consider your ethics yeah. when approaching your particular, any sort of facet of your practice, really. Um, yep. And also when you're learning from other practitioners what they're doing, like just, mm-hmm. you know, have that in the back of your head. Um, but yeah, so obviously with this episode, concentrating more on spells, curses, and hexes, though, rather than, you know, what we've been focusing on, like where you source your materials, like we touched on that, cultural appropriation. Mm -hmm. So let's now define like what spells are. So when you think of the word like a witch's spell, I think what comes to mind are like incantations, rituals, um, charms, some sort of enchantment. And Mm -hmm. they're essentially like a magic formula and they're supposed to trigger some sort of magical effect on a person or a group of people or an object um, or just maybe your situation in life, your circumstances, your environment. And so spells, they usually include um, 
pre-written words or if you're like really good at, you know, ad living words off the top of your head, to which congrats to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like you have to use specific objects, things that are representative of like the elements or what your goals are. Um, and these specific objects are sometimes imbued with magical properties and are usually like carried out in a ritual. So, for example, like some spells that I've done in the past, I've done a fuck ton of self-love spells. Like that is 80% <laughs> of the spells that I do. Love it. Really. Um, I've done some releasing <laughs> rituals for sure. Um, some mm -hmm. like manifestation rituals. Um, I'm trying to think like what else? Because honestly, it's like mostly just love spells. Oh, and some, you know, a handful of prosperity spells are pretty much like yeah. what I focus on in my practice. Um, but also I like was thinking about this when you when you sometimes go down the thing of like, wow, that was a really witchy thing that I was doing that I never really thought of <laughs> was growing up, especially like for me as like a Christian witch. And if you're especially Catholic, then you know this, like when you lose something, you start doing like the prayer quote. Oh, yeah. It's basically a spell praying to San Pedro de... Padua, which is, what is it, St. Peter of Padua? I think in the English version, but for me, it was San Pedro. Yeah, um, um, whenever I lost something, I would pray for him to yeah, help Peter. me find it or bring it closer to me somehow. Yeah. So, so I grew Saint up doing Peter, that one Saint a lot because I lost a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, not San Pedro. What am I doing? Oh, my God. San Antonio, St. Anthony. St. Anthony, there we go. I don't know why where what? Pedro came from. My mom all the time. Says. Same My mom Anthony, would do it every it. time we went somewhere and needed to find a parking spot. Just for parking spots. That was really mm. what I grew up with. <laughs> My <laughs> ex-boyfriend's mom of mine, she loved to take me shopping. Whenever we went shopping, she would always say in the parking lot, Hail Mary, full of grace, find us a great parking space. Spells. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> and like, damn, she did like you know, most of the time find a pretty great parking space. So maybe that was working for her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to go into um, a little bit of the history of spells. And this is actually pretty fun. So I mm -hmm. did not know a lot of uh, some of this stuff. So hope you guys find find this cool. So in Babylonia, incantations or spells were used in rituals to burn images of one's own enemies Hello, like burning your ex's stuff on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> um, and in Mesopotamian mythology, Uduk-hul incantations are used to exercise demons um, who are like supposed to bring misfortune or illnesses such as mental illness or anxiety. <laughs> Yikes, that's intense. Um, these <laughs> demons can create horrible events such as like such as divorce, loss of property, or other catastrophes. So yeah, they would invoke demons Lovely. to do their bidding. Yeah. In Romani <laughs> culture, uh, women survived on selling fortunes and spells. Um and even a lot of religions utilize things that would be characterized as spells, like blessings of certain objects, etc. <laughs> Prayers. <laughs> yes. Um, in Hinduism, they have the Vedic scriptures. Yeah. Prayers, for sure. Um, they have the Vedic scriptures, including the Atharva Veda, 
which is sometimes referred to as the Veda of magical formulas. So it's kind of like a book of spells, mm-hmm. sort of. Um, the Anglo-Saxons yeah. had metrical charms, such as instructions generally written to magically resolve some sort of issue or like a disease. I kind of think of like old wives tales when I think of that, you know. But yeah, um, so when people hear the word spells, they, you know, you just think of like the connotations that Hollywood has created for us, like the, you know, um, crone like witch just like stirring her cauldron and making her potions that she'd brew and chanting her incantations um and we all know i would hope that uh spells are much more nuanced than that these days <laughs> i feel like we've definitely broken it down by our oh my god this is our 50th episode oh yeah like official a 50th, oh my god 50th. happy 50th episode yeah <laughs> yeah because we have more than 50 episodes but as far as like our official yeah this is episode 50 so i hope after 50 episodes y'all know that um yeah, witchcraft go- is much more than what uh, Hollywood has painted it as. So much more. <laughs> um, do, 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 do. I lost my place because... Uh, Types of spells. Okay. <laughs> Types of spells. Okay, here we go. So, like, wow. There are so many kinds of spells. Like, I earlier just named off a few off the top of my head that I practice, but there's just so many out there. I'm sure, there, as you yeah. know, like, if you're out there on social media looking up witchcraft stuff, it's ridiculous how many kinds of spells there are. But there's, like, luck spells, protection spells, banishing, binding, sweetening, freezing, which I'm not sure even mm-hmm. what that is. So I don't know if you know what that is. What is that? Um, it's not one that I think you hear of too frequently. Freezing would be like, um, um well, see, I don't even know because I think some people have different definitions of it, of what they want to freeze, like a, a feeling mm. or a, um, a memory you know, or a bank um, account. <laughs> 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 it's not as common. That's the one the IRS uses. <laughs> <laughs> see, I could look that up. Um, okay, yeah, so whatever freezing is, maybe one of our listeners has a better understanding of it, but um, please write in because we'd love to be educated more. But yeah, and of course, there's like attraction, finding spells, just like praying to St. Anthony for me and other Christians slash Catholic people. Oh, it's to help stop someone from harming you. Oh, so it's like preemptive. Like if you think someone's about to curse you or hurt you in some way. Interesting. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that's just one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then last but not least, there's, of course, love spells and like just mm-hmm. and more, honestly. Um, as I said, there's like prosperity. Um, there's what is it? Not banishing. Um, like the uh, cord cutting is another. That's one. Mm-hmm. There's just so many. So, so many. Endless lists. Yeah. So why are ethical spells important? Why should you approach spells ethically? A lot of spells are amazing for self-improvement. Like, just like I said, most of my spells are love spells. Um, But ethics come in when we start casting spells that involve others. Um, And yeah, we're looking at you, love spells. That's why we decided to do this for... (laughs) 
um, one of our February episodes because we feel like it's very relevant around this time of year. So if you're on social media, you know that love spells are super, super divisive. Like people have very different opinions on it, especially when you have like an older, like quote unquote older witches versus newer witches. We're not speaking so much age, but like where you're at in your practice. (laughs) I'm not saying like, oh, (laughs) the boomer witches. (laughs) That's not what we mean. So that's a thing. (laughs) There is that definitely, but that's not what I'm saying. Um, But yeah, so. No. Just like with any kind of controversial issue, you're going to have people with different backgrounds, different like practices, have different opinions on it. And when it comes to professional witches, you'll find two very different kinds of thoughts regarding love spells. There's ones who will accept payment for spells to help a broken heart or like induce self-love, make a person more attractive to themselves. So this is like a fairy godmother coming in. You know, like Cinderella, you know, mm-hmm. the fairy godmother didn't like conjure up the prince for Cinderella. She helped her, you know, outward appearance, gave her a gown, gave her a new hairdo um, and then gave her like literally a vehicle like here. Let me offer you this opportunity to <laughs> transport yourself to the dude. Um, it's just yep. like opening up the pathways and like helping your self-esteem. Um, and then... We've got the kind of witch that will tell you that they can make someone fall in love with you or make a specific person attracted to you. Um, their spell can include like placing an item on or near that person or even like trying to get an item of that person, like taking yep. like either hair or clothing or something from that person. Usually <laughs> you're going to be stealing it. Because what are you going to do? Like, hey, Bob, can you just uh, snip some of your locks for me? D- don't ask questions. It's for a friend. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, it doesn't matter if that person is uninterested. This witch just cares about getting payment. So she's not necessarily thinking about mm-hmm. what's going to happen to this person that you want to influence. Um, obviously witchcraft has been around for centuries and conversations about ethical witchcraft have been around for just as long. Um, however, the conversation was much different back then. (laughs) We're lucky to be right now (laughs) in the 20, (laughs) very, very different. We're really lucky to be in the 21st century right now. We have like pop culture and feminism and There's the huge conversation of consent, which I'll get into in just a little bit. Um, All these play a huge role in our craft's development, no matter which path you follow. And now with like, we're in the age of, we're we're in the information age. This is technology. Like we got the internet. Witchcraft is growing so much. Um, It has grown. It's evolving even more rapidly. There have been so many movies made. Um, And spells began popping up online in like a frenzy, excuse me, especially with, you know, this new age of social media, like social media has been around for a bit, but it hasn't really been around that long Mm -hmm. when you think about it. Oh, but I so remember being like 10, 11 going on the internet when it was like, oh, you can look up anything and trying to look (laughs) up spells. Mm. And the shit that was on there that you found so much. <laughs> oh, I'm so interested to hear because I did not do any of that until just like, <laughs> you know, a year ago. So 
I don't even want to know what was on there, what was on the internet back then about spells. <laughs> it, I imagine it'd well, be hard There was to, a lot. Did people have, like, blogs? Because, I mean, you didn't have social media back then when we were, like, 10 years old, right? They were just websites. You literally would search, um, like, love spells, and you'd get a whole bunch. Versus now, if you Google that, mm. you'll get a lot of, like things on pinterest or like books like yes. people now know how to market that kind of stuff oh yeah <laughs> whereas it was just everyone let me now make a is real a marketer quick, easy website mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure um but yeah a lot of these spells they can be like really mild and just kind of like really simple and some are pretty aggressive um but not even there's only like a handful that even contain any warning of consent mm-hmm. again consent mm-hmm. is a big conversation we're having in this day and age and it absolutely applies to witchcraft so consent occurs when yeah. one person voluntarily agrees to the proposal or desires of another it involves at least two participants and consent is given when both participants willingly agree it's got to be unanimous It's <laughs> the only way yep So how can you do a love spell with consent? In most cases, you cannot. In fact, some witches strongly believe that doing a love spell without consent is a form of assault. Just like Mm -hmm. you, creepy, like going and stealing somebody's like clothes and stuff or hair or items. Like not only are you a manipulation. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a form of manipulation. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just thinking back to like, I'm starting to watch uh, Bling Empire on Netflix. And let me tell you, there's a very unhealthy, toxic, abusive, like emotionally abusive relationship on that show. If you haven't seen it, just warning because it really triggered me. Um, and this and, and one of the participants, Aww. like the, the uh, manip- manipulative one is just so... Yeah, just manipulating to get this person back because the victim is finally like, let's break it off. Like, I want to break this cycle and not leaving this person alone and respecting their boundaries. And then eventually the victim falls prey to them again. That is assault and that is emotional abuse and that is manipulation. And love spells are very often, like 99% of the time, they are a form of assault manipulation. Um, and then there's some people think that think that it's only unethical if the other person has already set a boundary of not being interested, but that it's okay if the spell is intended to create an opportunity to see if something happens organically. But that kind of gets a little like that's a gray area. A huge gray like, area. I still wouldn't I, I, do it. <laughs> neither would I. Like, again, like if it's, you know like you doing some sort of spell of like helping yourself open up to new opportunities, which may lead to you finding somebody who's right for you. I think that's okay. Cause that's again about mm-hmm. you. But as soon yep. as it involves another person, oh, girlfriend or boyfriend or they friend, take a look around, look in the mirror, <laughs> take a beat. Yeah. So can we ever cast a spell to attract a partner? Sure. But it has to be worded carefully has to be just right Mm -hmm. you can write what you want in a partner um 
like perfect example sally owens in practical magic oh my god i love that scene yes. so cute <laughs> little camille bell uh playing as uh sally owens in that um mm-hmm. and this is so cute i want to like read i want to read this this is her spell that she says and she <laughs> writes it all down and then she collects all these different flowers as she's doing it it's just okay he will hear my call a mile away he will whistle my favorite song He can ride a pony backwards. He can flip pancakes in the air. He'll be marvelously kind. And his favorite shape will be a star. And he'll have one green eye and one blue. I mean, in the context of the movie, she does that because she thinks it's impossible for a guy to have all those qualities. But then it actually, like... Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, if you're saying, like, you know, these are the qualities that (laughs) I want... He finds her. Yeah. Uh... He found her. They found each other. It was so cute. Um, but yeah, like if it's, you know, you're trying to like make a spell based on like what qualities you're trying to seek in a person and kind of just like calling to the universe, bring somebody like this towards me. That's different. Because again, mm-hmm. that's like, again, yeah. you calling to the universe to open yourself to opportunities to find that person. Um, but yeah, in some ways, this is something mm-hmm. that can come really naturally with dating like you know you date around and you figure out i like this i don't mm-hmm. like that i like this nope absolutely not that's a deal breaker yeah. i don't want that in any partner in the future <laughs> like you get to know yourself in dating people mm-hmm. um so yeah formally letting the universe know what exactly you want is a form of self-love in my opinion like if you think about it that's you deciding mm-hmm. and being more um conscious of your decision on who you choose in a person or what the yep. things you choose in a person um yeah but yeah like i mean i definitely you know learned that about myself in in dating different people it took me a very long time to mm-hmm. to learn what i needed i don't know if like you did anything similar yep did you like do a, like a list? Oh, for or sure. Like you did a list. I did. <laughs> you Virgo. I did as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I which I mean I did it as a teenager, which obviously it had to you know expand as I continued to date mm. and have more like bad experiences, but then you know a couple good ones, and um, I lost that list for a while, and I actually found it. Um, Several years ago, once I met Graham. Oh. And interestingly, he kind of fit every single thing on my list. Oh, really? And I love that. But it was also in ways that was like not spot on. Like it wasn't mm. like for for Sally Owens, right? Hers right. was super like, like literal. Heat. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas mine was a little more um I forget, like I think <laughs> This is a stupid one, but one of them was, I want him to drive a truck. Oh, okay. <laughs> stupid. Really stupid. That's really he particular. Doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't drive a truck, but what I liked about it was I wanted the kind of guy who wanted to go, like, out and was interested in having animals mm. and, like, farm life kind of kind The of connotation guy. of a dude that drives a truck. Yeah, and he, if he had his way, he would own a truck, but... 
you know, like that's kind of where it was like not an exact, but at the same time, it fit it mm-hmm. perfectly. But um, hmm. I also think it's kind of interesting, like, and I've heard this before, people writing lists like this, whether it's what you want in a partner or what you want for yourself is to really mm-hmm. pour yourself into it and then forget about it and not keep going back to to check mm-hmm. but that you're just kind of um oh what am I, what word am i looking for releasing it to the universe like you did your part and now you're yeah passing it on ooh i'm a uh, what is that uh like oh uh i feel like <clears throat> sorry excuse me i'm recalling one of our very very first episodes uh when um melanie was co-host we did types of witches which is still one of our Mm -hmm. most popular most downloaded Mm -hmm. episodes and i'm thinking back to i believe it was chaos witches that that's their whole like principle i'm sure there's many different kind of terms for it but when we made our list of types of witches we're like oh chaos witches that you just do a thing you put it on the universe and then you like forget about it not Mm -hmm. forget about it but you just like release it yeah it's also a type of magic. It's not like there are right. certain people who do it, but it's also a type. And I've heard it called a few different things. And if things, I'm I wrong that it's them. not like chaos magic or chaos witches, I apologize. I think I just I, I'm trying to recall. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. And there's probably different. Well, terms I mean, for it too. that was almost a year ago. So I know we're coming up on our Annie. <laughs> so excited. It's like wild. I can't believe. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's really cute, though. That you found that list and that he fits yeah. it. I love that. Um, well, what we hear more and more is that in order to find and like, oh, my God, my voice left me for a minute. Um, in order to find <laughs> and like recognize the right partner for us, we must be able to love and respect ourselves and know ourselves. So if you're wanting to find mm-hmm. love, starting with loving and caring for yourself is huge. Um, and I wanted to share, yeah. it's this really beautiful love spell from Sophia Zakia. Um, you want to get uh, a candle, rose, rose oil or rose water. If you don't have either like any sort of incense or essential like oil, like a flower that really speaks to you will will do. Um, you want like a piece of paper with the incantation you'll say like you can come up with your own incantation but I'll I'll mm-hmm. say what what the incantation from um, Sophia Zakia is in a bit and then you also want to like get um, a tiny ribbon preferably in pink white or red have some romantic like melodies going like from your phone or your you know I feel like nobody has like I almost said an eye home holy crap <laughs> Do you remember iHomes? <laughs> <laughs> I think I just yeah. aged myself there. <laughs> um, and then she just... It's okay. You didn't say boombox. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. Um, and she didn't list this, but I'll also add, like, I love candles and I love using, like, color candles, yes. too. So, I mean, definitely, like pink would be a great one or red or if you want to use a candle you don't have any colored candles white will do as well Um, but i feel like candles especially for like love like spells Mm -hmm. really set the mood all right so you're gonna um oh yeah oh yeah she did list candles she just didn't say the color but yeah a candle that was the first thing (laughs) oh all right so you're gonna light the candle 
You're going to add three <laughs> drops of ro- rose oil slash water slash whatever kind of flowery essential oil you've chosen um, to the paper. Um, or if you're using the rose water, you want to like spray a gossamer halo of rose water over it. As the floral essence settles, mm-hmm. cup your hands over your heart and chant softly or in your head if you're like you know, self-conscious or something. This is the chant that she provides. You can ma- absolutely make up your own. But she provides, you can mm-hmm. chant, by the powers yeah. within me, I bless this offering, a symbol of commitment and compassion to myself, sacred yet infused with my most desired thoughts. May it take form, ge- may it take form, gentle spirit willing. Okay. For Venus within her season, May I hold tenderness, kindness, and serenity in this moment and hold space for myself with respect. I touch my heart and hold in it a space of safety, peace, and acceptance. And may I embrace who I am, alive, with beautiful, bleeding heart. My words are my spell, and love is my birthright. Bless it into being. And that's what she wrote. Um, So when you finish the ritual, extinguish the candle and slip the card under your pillow, like the piece of paper. Exhale in acceptance. Let the soft scent of rose slash your flowery essence carry you into your dreams. So you definitely want to do this right before bed. The next morning, poke a small hole in the card and string a ribbon through it. Set your spell card somewhere special or hang it in the window in your home, welcoming in positivity. If you can, give yourself permission to do a little relaxation ritual afterwards. Like, it can be easy. Give yourself a nap. Do a little stretching sesh, like some Mm -hmm. yoga. Walk out in nature. Just do something that really, like, helps calm you. Download the Calm app. (laughs) Sponsor us, Calm. Um... (laughs) I honestly, I do use the Calm app very often when I'm doing these kinds of self-love rituals because they have the best like soothing melodies. It's amazing. Um, listening to your favorite album, yeah. do some meditation, whatever. Something that is just really personal. You get to be in, in your space by yourself or just something that helps relax you and take care of you. If you're looking to do something a little more indulgent, here's a self-love ritual involving a bath, which is like, yeah, sign me up. Those are my favorite ones. I really feel like they're um, like a, it's like a <laughs> baptism, you know, it's like you come out so refreshed <laughs> and it, it also yeah. is like it gives you an opportunity to have a ton of fun of like what you put in the bath, too. So. So for this one involving a bath, run right. a hot bath and fill it with whatever you love most. Add Epsom salt or pink Himalayan salt, some sort of salts, really. It's going to be great to, like, energetically cle- uh, cleanse yourself. And it, the minerals are great mm-hmm. for your skin. Um, you can put rose quartz ris- crystals in the bath itself or, you know, line along the bathtub. Your favorite um, crystals, and especially rose quartz, is going to be great for self-love. Um, that way you're enveloping yourself with the energy of love. You can add essential oils to your bath. Um, again, like rose is great um you can also add like a cup of whole milk or a few tablespoons of olive oil something that really like one great moisturizing again great for your skin Mm -hmm. so you're gonna feel like awesome after this um but it's just something that also just like (laughs) kind of spiritually you know enriches you you're gonna pour this into your bath water and swirl it around 
if you really want to feel like very sensual with yourself, jasmine is a beautiful scent and it's very feminine. Again, it's one of the most oh. like it's one of the yes, scents yes, that are yes. most associated with like sensuality. <clears throat> um so yeah, I love me a good jasmine scent. Yeah. Um you're going to set a glass of your favorite champagne or, you know, if you're you know, uh, you don't drink. Um, you can just simply put some cold water next to you on the ledge. Ooh, rose water. Yum. Um, that would be cool. Yeah. You just take Ooh, what yeah. is it, like rose extract. Like they sell it in like the baking mm-hmm. section of the store. I do that sometimes. I just add like little drops of rose extract flavoring yeah. to my water. Mostly because it's like a med- Middle Eastern kind of thing. Like we love rose water. You can also but- make your own. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. You can make your own just um, – you have to – well, you do have to do it kind of just right because you have to get the uh, the oils out of it because mm-hmm. you really shouldn't ingest those. Yeah. Yeah. Some places sell it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So you have your beverage. Next, you place your candles around your bath. Place some soothing music. Let yourself sink into the water. Be still. Feel yourself resetting and connecting. Um, another great ritual involves self-forgiveness, which is also a huge part of self-care. You, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, listen, one of the biggest things I had overcome, like when I was going through therapy for like my depression was learning self-forgiveness. I was like, I'm sorry, what's that word? (laughs) I don't understand what you mean. (laughs) So, I mean, just like this all comes down to being compassionate to yourself. Right. So and mm-hmm. that's going to be it's that's always a, such a huge thing for self-care and mental health. So here we go really quickly. And then I, pro- I promise I'm done. <laughs> so you're going to place your hands where it was <laughs> where it has always hurt your heart to think about. Like, I feel like there are certain emotions or certain places where we carry pain. Put, you know, place your hands there mm-hmm. or you can just do like the compassion pose, which is like your right hand over your heart and then your left hand like either on your belly or like kind of enveloping your abdomen a bit, like trying to give yourself like a gentle hug. So you can do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, or just maybe it's an area that you don't like about yourself on your body. You know, for me, yeah. it, for me, it would be my abdomen. I got a lot of cookies over here. Um, but <laughs> there's a particular part you want to like send some love to that you haven't really loved and you want to learn to love. Mm-hmm. Place, place your hands there. So with your hands on your body, sending loving energy and thoughts to this area you say i'm so sorry i felt sad about you for so long i'm sorry and i love you repeat the words i'm sorry and i love you a ton like you want to come up with your incantation definitely like include those um and you know just say that in your mind or aloud until it starts feeling good until you start really like feeling it believing it Feel the energy shift in this area of your body. Place your rose quartz crystal. And again, if you don't have rose quartz, clear quartz will help. Will will work just fine as well. Uh, place it on top of this area and send the loving intention into the crystal that you want to begin to heal and love yourself. When you get out of the bath, put lotion or oil in your body. And as you move from each body part, say the words, I love you as you are in your mind or allowed, while sending, again, that loving energy to that body part. And that's it. That's great, right? Lovely. 
Everybody should be yeah. doing this every so often. It's just, it's so healing. It's so great to do and set time for yourself Yeah, to do that. Even if you don't feel like you need to, I think everyone could benefit from that. Yeah. And my, and again, like going back to love spells, my motto is if you want to do a love spell, do a self-love spell. Do the love spell on yourself. Yep. Absolutely. Sorry, I had to burp. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so now that we've been talking about love spells and how to love ourselves, let's go to the flip side of this. You know, mm. we've gone from mm -hmm. wanting to make somebody love us and questioning the ethics of that to now that person has made us angry. Yeah. And we want to talk curses or hexes. Um, I think we hear curses more often than hexes. Um, mm -hmm. But I'll get into the difference between the two in a little bit. So what is a curse? A curse is any expressed wish that some form of adversity or misfortune will befall or attach to one or more persons, a place or an object, whatever it is that pissed you off. <laughs> um, historically, to reverse or eliminate a curse, it's sometimes called a removal or breaking. Mm -hmm. um, as the spell has to be dis dispelled and is often required uh, requires elaborate rituals or prayers. And it should be clear where ethics come in here, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the ethics of cursing yep. or hexing someone. But also, um, I think it's also fair to talk about the ethics of, quote unquote, curing a curse or hex. And not for not on yourself, but like if you have if someone I've seen this a lot on social media, mm -hmm. someone saying, oh, you know, I'll give you a reading. Oh, my God, you're cursed. You know, pay oh, me this and I'll remove the curse for you. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which I will I get into tell you how many that, times I think, at the end. But I can't mm. tell you how many times uh, I'm in a couple of um, witchy Facebook groups. And the amount of people that have mm -hmm. been scammed and they, ugh, it just breaks my heart. It really breaks my heart. They lose yeah. money and they also lose like their like confidence too. It's really, oof, it's so, it's so bad. I think that's like a whole topic. I think scamming in the, the witchcraft mm -hmm. world. That'll be in an episode. Because even spells, you can pay someone to do a spell for you and that's. That would be a great a episode, like too. how to fish out scammers or something. That I mean, you just see that. That's one thing that comes up. Yeah. Not like super often, but I feel like everyone that's in the witch sphere online has mm -hmm. seen it. Like either know somebody who's affected or seen somebody posting about it. So we de should definitely do like a, a, an episode in and of itself yep. about scamming. But yeah. I almost feel like scamming like that itself almost is. Yeah, it'll probably be witchcraft. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be an upcoming you know I mean? ethical witchcraft one for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So, all right, a little bit on the history of curses. Um, in Hindu culture, the sage or rishi is believed to have the power to bless and curse, um, which is Ashirvada or Vara is to bless and Shrapa is to curse. So that was very much something that the Hindus believed in. Mm -hmm. In African-American hoodoo, specifically hoodoo, um, 
they present with the jinx and crossed conditions as well as a form of full track magic foot track magic which was used by Vraman Deep whereby cursed objects are laid in the paths of victims and activated when walked over that was a mouthful <laughs> <laughs> that takes a lot of middle eastern and, and mediterranean a lot of, uh, culture a lot of premeditation yeah you gotta like almost like Hoodoo stalk your person is... and know where they walk. <laughs> I feel like I I don't really know the first thing about hoodoo. In a lot of ways, I feel like it's not really for me to really know. Mm -hmm. um, but that would be interesting to hear, to learn more. Um, yeah, about it in terms of like what's open for people to learn because it's mm -hmm. there's a lot. I feel like that's something you can fall in deep <laughs> and learn. Oof. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, but anyway, Middle Eastern and Mediterranean cultures are the source of the belief in the evil eye, which I think a lot of mm -hmm. people hear about these days. Mm -hmm. um, which that may be the result of um, envy, but more rarely, I think it's said to be the result of a deliberate curse, like having the evil eye sent to you. Or put on yeah. you. In order to be protected from the evil eye, a protection item is made from dark blue circular glass with a circle of white around the black dot in the middle, which is reminiscent of a human eye. Like there's literally an emoji on the yeah, eye. Now we, ha we now this. have an evil eye emoji. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And it's and like you see you. that in jewelry so often too. Um, yeah, which, you know, I think to some degree, like, I I don't think it's the I don't think they say it's cultural appropriation, but it like borders on it because I think a lot of people use it without knowing mm -hmm. what it is or what it's for. Anyway, um, even in the Catholic Bible, God curses the serpent, earth and mm -hmm. Cain. Noah curses Canaan. Jesus, cur <laughs> Jesus curses a barren fig tree. <laughs> Curses abound. <laughs> I just think it's a little funny. So many curses. Um, and then there's the connection between curses and mummies. King Tut's tomb. Mm -hmm. Everyone who's opened it was supposedly cursed for, you know, fucking with it. Um, and yeah. like spells, we see curses being used in media as well. You know, Sleeping Beauty is cursed to prick her finger and fall asleep the fairies are like well, actually she was supposed to die but the fairies were like wait she's just gonna sleep mm -hmm. um same thing happened to snow white i feel like curses there's so many more movies that mention curses well and but, speaking um, of movies you also have like the um curses or the alleged curses of like the crew behind movies like the exorcist that there was and like the poltergeist there was said to be a curse right. and like glee people think that there's a curse on those you know cast members so <laughs> it's yeah i feel like people are much more open to the idea of curses than they are spells <laughs> right <laughs> there's so many because okay some um Oh, wait, no, it was this next part. There's so many different kinds of, of mm -hmm. curses. There's family curses, mm -hmm. generational curses, object-bound curses, written curses, verbal curses. There's the evil eye. There's more. Um, basically, when a curse occurs, it comes from a place of anger. Whoever's placing the curse, they're angry about something. Yeah. Yep. 
Otherwise, why would they do it? They don't, I don't think anyone really does it for fun. No one happily curses another person. If they do, they're psychotic. Um, yeah. <laughs> and interestingly, curses curses are sometimes believed to just kind of like exist. Like no one set a curse. It just appeared. Like and it we forms see this itself. a lot when it comes to sports. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Marie and I were mm-hmm. from the Bay Area. And one of our two Bay baseball area. teams um, is the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> <laughs> so if you know the Giants, you may have heard of the Krakow curse. If you mm-hmm. haven't, um, I can explain that. <laughs> so it was a curse that was used to explain why the Giants never won a World Series until 2010. So Mike Krakow was a former Giants pitcher who then became a broadcaster. And every year he would make a preseason prediction that the Giants had a chance of winning the World Series. And every year he made this prediction, they did not win. Either didn't make it or they didn't win or whatever. And then the legend became that as soon as Mike Krukow would stop making this prediction, they would win. And lo and behold, 2010, he did not make this prediction and they went on and won. I mean, we're not so, saying it's for sure a real curse, it's all, but I mean, uh, I mean. well, then you know, it's so funny. It's especially baseball. I feel like loves to talk about curses because then you have the curse of the oh. of the Bambino, yeah, that was on the Boston Red Sox. Um, yep. So after the team sold yep. Babe Ruth to the New York Na- Yankees um, in like. 1920 or 19, mm-hmm. 1919, I think. The curse, quote unquote, was used to explain like why the Red Sox couldn't win a World Series. And then there was like that 80, it was like for 86 years. From, what was it? 2004 was when they finally won. 86 years mm-hmm. they didn't win. I mean, yeah. So I, that was always going to make me think of that movie Fever Pitch. With um, Jimmy Fallon oh, yeah. and Drew Barrymore. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I just thought of another baseball curse. And then there's the curse of the <laughs> Billy Goat, which was on um, the Chicago Cubs. And it was something about, like, yeah, it was something about, like um, this uh, pub owner or something. I forget why. But that one, I'm just looking it up, lasted for 71 years from 1945 to 2016. So, oh, my God. Baseball is one of, like, the most romantic sports in uh, yeah. America because, like, man, like, we just love imbuing, um, you know, kind of magic and curses all up and down its history. <laughs> Dude, there's so much, and you'll see so many, It, I mean, I don't want to say it's just men, but I think that's the stereotype. Mm-hmm. Um of I got to wear this jersey oh, to every game, for sure. mm-hmm. you know, whether I'm watching it or not. There's so many superstitions and it's, it's so interesting how connected it all is to some sort of curse. Yep. And there, you can place a jinx on somebody like I'm not, I don't really talk about jinxes, but let's just bulk that into this sure. for the sake of it. <laughs> um, But I mean, curses are, are pretty accepted yeah. and they're, there's actually one um, – it's interesting. Some cultures believe in spitting as a curse. Mm, mm-hmm. Like if you spit on someone, you've cursed mm-hmm. them. And then some cultures believe that spitting protects you. Yep. 
like in my big fat Greek wedding when um, they're all spitting on her as she's I, walking down the aisle. Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, are and, they, <laughs> the, the guys and the others like, are like, what the fuck? <laughs> are they spitting <laughs> on her? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, in- it's so interesting. But okay, here's, so here's the difference between a curse and a hex, just for, you know, letting you all know. So a hex is the practice of casting an evil spell over something or someone, while a curse is the practice of wishing bad luck and bad things to happen to someone or something. Mm-hmm. So that's that's number one. Um, both a hex and a curse involve rituals and spells, but hexes are only done by those who practice witchcraft, whereas curses are done by, like, most people, mm-hmm. not just by witches, which sports yeah yeah (laughs) i think that makes that clear um both hexes and curses are performed by people but the power that causes it to take effect are attributed to supernatural beings with hexes being um entirely evil while curses are also done by churches which indicate that there may also that they may be inflicted by like a holy being so that's if you get more into like uh what carries out either one mm-hmm. so a curse is i think more um prominent because i think so many people it's it's easier like in in the you're pissed you're mad mom let me place a curse yeah they're pretty quick mm-hmm. if you're gonna curse someone super quick a curse on both your houses is a spell <laughs> and wasn't it <laughs> and wasn't it Indeed, um, it was. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really have like a. I think a good example of a hex versus a curse, like I used earlier, was the Sleeping Beauty thing. She kind of created a little bit of an evil spell that was then carried yeah. out by like you're wishing bad luck if it's just a curse, right? But she's like, no, bitch, you are pricking like, your finger. Hex specifically mm-hmm. on a spinning wheel and <laughs> you're gonna die so a little bit different um so c- can you ethically hex or curse someone hmm. let me start by saying i do not practice either of these and i don't support them i will me never either. ever Hex or curse, ever, ever. Um, one argument against these, or at least a warning that we see and hear a lot of um, from like the modern Wiccan idea of the rule of three, which is, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you put out into the universe comes back threefold, right? Not everyone believes in that. Yeah. It's a very modern belief. It is not something that's been believed in for like a long time. Um, you could kind of argue that karma is similar that whatever you put out hmm. you get back yep um and it's I'm, also I that don't stuff is like um, I, I, related to like the golden rule like where it's not so much like you you mm-hmm. get what you give but it's more like treat others as you would like to be treated it's very like kind of related to that whole principle yeah very biblical mm-hmm. too in some 
New Testament. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I feel like almost every religion um, has some sort of re- their own remix on the golden rule. I think that's why it's called the golden rule because because it's just like yeah. very universally said in just like different words. Exactly. So, you know, as far as that goes, I think it depends on you and what mm-hmm. you believe. Um, Because, like, I, I don't really have a set thing that I believe in. I don't necessarily believe that, like, if I do something bad to someone, something bad's ever going to happen to me. It could, mm-hmm. but I'm. I think I'm, I'm a little bit more ambiguous on that. Um, so, with the idea of that, though, if you're going to curse someone, and it's so that's something you believe in, you might expect that their curse might come back to you three times worse, or you know, it might come back in some form. I don't know. Yeah, like I don't really believe in the threefold rule, but I have to include it because a lot of people do. Um, mm-hmm. some argue that hexing and cursing are, are actually ethical when it comes to people like murderers, rapists, pedophiles, etc. you know, the worst of the worst. And I can understand why they would feel that way. But again, that's still something that's coming from anger. You're angry at them for what they did. Fucking fucked up what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I have to say because I really I tried to look for like opinions on the interwebs on you know social media sites as well as blogs and whatnot and there are a lot of witches who really want to argue for cursing and hexing. It's very well. You have all those um, witches that you know banded together to hex Donald Trump or you know. Right. Or curse Donald Trump, whatever it was that there's, you know, definitely a movement. Um whatever it was they did. Whatever it was yes. they did. Um Yeah. That mm-hmm. A little hairy. There there are a lot. Very yeah. It's it's interesting. So I kind of went through all these to find out like, okay, what are their main arguments like for it? And they had there were a couple that kept coming up. One was they said they believe curses were mild and aren't doing any real damage. They're just mildly inconveniencing things like (laughs) that makes me think of someone that like uh, that makes me think of Aziz Ansari had a stand up joke where he's like, um, if I could have like a superpower, it would be the superpower of inconvenience and like <laughs> like I wish you many inconveniences, and so then the person wouldn't be able to find their keys, and they'd be like, "Where are my keys?" Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Aziz, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, but I mean, like that is that's a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you've yeah. ever had one of those days where you have like a mild inconvenience. Maybe some days that's fine, and you work, you get through it might make you stronger it might make you go hmm i need to really work on like remembering where i put my keys but then you may be having (laughs) one of those days where you're having nothing but inconveniences yeah on top of like an already bad day Mm -hmm. i've had so many of those Mm -hmm. um but that's one argument that some witches make that like it's not you know i got mad at them so i want their um shopping bag to rip while they're walking out to their car Mm mm-hmm like, that's not really hurting anybody. Um, and then the other argument is that the curse is more severe, but the person may deserve it in order to learn a lesson, just like our justice system system is designed to 
supposedly teach a lesson to people who break the law. But I mean, I kind of have a problem with both of these. So do I. Um, so do I. I just, we aren't a justice system. We aren't meant to be a justice system as witches. I think you can call for justice, but I think you can't be the judge dread of the it's witch like world. It's like the same as being a vigilante or like a spiritual vigilante. Yeah. Because for me, it's like... Exactly. It, and, and you even don't... Even if it's a mild case, um, you do not know what that person's like mm-hmm. going through. And your little thing could be like the straw on the camel's back. And if it's like super, super... I, also, for me, yep. obviously coming from like a Christian background, like uh, my belief mm-hmm. is that there will be seemingly like a lot of injustices in this world. It just it'll happen because shit sucks and shit happens. But I have to trust that they will get ju- their just desserts and stuff in the end. Or maybe not desserts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're just um, shit whatever like they'll they'll get what's coming yeah. to them in the afterlife at least maybe not in this life mm-hmm. but you know in another life and that it's not my place right. to um well i mean not my place to judge i do a lot of judging it's not my place to uh <laughs> execute justice mm-hmm. unless i was actually a part of the justice system right. and that's a little different <laughs> but i'm not yeah but even then, if you're part of the justice system and you are um, trying someone who did something to you, that's technically unethical and you're not Well, yeah, allowed. you wouldn't be in any situa- professional situation. Which is interesting. To be able to be able- I think yeah. that's... Mm-hmm. But I think that also kind of plays into the witchcraft thing of, um, you know, you can't use the justice system as an example because in your case, mm-hmm. it still wouldn't work. <laughs> and in, in the you're words of to- uh, the godfather... Do not hate your enemies. It clouds your judgment. Mm-hmm. It's true, though. I mean, I think there's a time and place. If someone's pissed you off, I'm a big believer in, um, and not just believer, like, I, ta- I was taught this in therapy, so I didn't make it <laughs> up, of allowing yourself to have whatever you're feeling for a while. Well, yeah. You don't hold on to it and, you know, for a long time. But if someone pissed you off, you are so allowed to be so mad and feel hate towards them. It's okay because that's what you're feeling. But you mm-hmm. do have to make moves to move forward away yeah. from that. Yes. It's kind of like that, like. I think, yeah. Dwelling I, on I'm the hatred is, seconds, is a but slippery that... slope. Exactly. But if you are feeling something, you have to acknowledge it to some degree. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, you know someone pisses you off go be mad don't do anything about it but like feel it and feel how angry you are um but anyway like you said no matter how well we may think we know someone like someone you know did something you want to curse them for some reason you don't know what they're going through you Mm -hmm. can have your very best friend someone that you live with you still don't know what's going on in their head you don't know what they're processing Mm -hmm. in their emotions We have no idea what kind of life they're living. We have no idea why they chose to do what they did or say what they say. We don't know their hardships or their trauma. So we can't possibly know why they did whatever it is that makes you want to curse or hex them. And I think that is a big reason why so many people do choose to curse or hex is because they don't understand why. Yeah. So they want them to feel their pain. They want 
they want them to pay. They want justice. You know, you hurt me, so something has to happen. And look, I mean, have I ever been mad enough at someone that I wanted them to feel the pain that they caused me? Absolutely. Did that feeling ever pass? Did I ever move on from it? 100%. Looking back, I never wanted I never wanted them to be just as hurt as me. I did that's not what I really wanted. I wanted them to understand what they did mm-hmm. and the effect that it had on me. Right. But one of the most powerful things I think anyone can learn, especially from therapy, is that you kind of have to let go of that. You may never get the other person to understand what they did or the mm-hmm. effect it had on you. One big example that is all over social media right now is narcissistic parents. Ooh. You have parents that did, you know, damage, caused trauma on mm-hmm. you. Maybe you're close, maybe you're not, but you're never going to get them to understand the impact that they had. Yeah, no. And trying to get that to happen is, that's really rough. That's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so being hurt can make you feel just completely powerless. Yeah. yeah. Right? And the idea of casting a curse or a hex is super appealing. But it doesn't heal you and it doesn't help anyone. It might in that moment give you like, a li- like I can't deny that if someone, if I'm driving to the store and someone cut me off and they like say they're getting out of their car and they like kind of trip, I'm going to giggle. <laughs> I'm going to think that's or funny. Or if they like get subsequently <laughs> like, like pulled over by a cop <laughs> and you're just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh my ass off. But at the same time, I laugh because I didn't do that. I didn't want that to happen to them. Mm-hmm. It just kind of did. It's like you, you know just what witness I mean? karma like, happening. <laughs> exactly. It's like a validation. Mm-hmm. And you can't cause validation to happen like that. Casting a curse isn't a validation for what happened to mm-hmm. you. Right? You just sometimes you get to see the person exactly pay a consequence. But a lot yeah. of times you don't. And I've had people, you know, in my past that have hurt me that have never paid a consequence that mm-hmm. I know of. And sometimes it's really frustrating. And then sometimes I'm so Virgo that I'm like, huh, I remember that person from 20 years ago. Go on the <laughs> Internet. Oh, shit. Something big did happen to them. But like, no yeah. one knows. Yeah. They don't talk about it. They don't show it. So. I don't know. It, it's 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 a tricky subject because it's understandable, but it's you do have to be ethical. So if you find yourself in a position of I really want to curse somebody, you know, even if you feel they really deserve it, some questions to ask yourself um, would be: Do you really want to hurt that person? Like, really, do you really want to hurt that person? Do you want... Because no matter what it is that you, like, want to come from the curse, just do you want that person to be hurt? Because that's what you're potentially asking for. Do you believe in the rule of three or karma or the golden rule? Mm -hmm. Whatever. Do you believe in that? Because that would obviously weigh out in your decision. Mm -hmm. Um, And can you live with yourself knowing that you caused harm to somebody? Like, take out... 
well, they hurt me first. Take that argument out. Can you live with yourself knowing that you caused harm? It's your decision if you place a curse or a hex. Um, but even if you do, for whatever reasons, that won't mean that it's ethical. So I think you have to kind of weigh that out. Um, but ethically, no, you cannot curse or hex anyone in any ethical way. It is not an ethical thing. Yeah. It's not like love spells where you can do like a self-love spell instead. Just you can't. It's not ethical. You can do it. It's just. Yeah, I uh, think it would behoove you to do a self-love. You spell can live with yourself hurt by somebody. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what is going to truly make anybody feel better after being angry or being hurt is to start a healing process. And self-love is a huge part of that. Exactly. Honestly, for me, it's like the re- the answer so there's, to everything there's... is self love. <laughs> Just like whenever I, I have so what I like, did oh, I have I a headache a or I'm not things. sleeping well, and they're like, you need to drink more water. For me, it's like, oh, I'm going through this thing, and I'm like, take a bath, take a bath, <laughs> do some self care. <laughs> <laughs> See, my number one thing, if I'm ever feeling like anything, is have I had water? How am mm-hmm. I breathing? Like, I do, like, really simple little check-ins first. Get myself something mm-hmm. to drink, and I, like, sit, and I do, like, my belly breathing. And then I, then I like, refocus, like, okay, what else do I need? But yeah. honestly, if That's someone, good. if you're hurt, if you're mad, you know, self-love spells can absolutely help. But um, I think it's also really important to do a healing ritual. Mm-hmm. You know, some at least start that part of the process because you'll get there eventually. You'll always heal from something that's happened. It's, you know, a matter of time. Um, yeah. But to overcome anger, anger is a secondary emotion, right? It's you may feel angry right away, but anger really is the cause of something else. You're hurt. You're in pain. You know, you feel sad, you feel, you know, there's something under it. Mm -hmm. And so doing some self-healing can be really beneficial. It it makes you focus on you and your well-being versus, well, what's going to happen with them? I mean, by all means, you want justice if it's something big, you know, if they really did something bad to you that involves police and going to court. But Mm -hmm. your healing process has to happen at some point. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You can also do things like um, a releasing ceremony when you feel like you've reached that spot Mm -hmm. Um, during an appropriate moon phase. You know, I think a lot of people have, you know, like you have to do it during a full moon or new, like whatever phase feels appropriate for your situation. You can absolutely do a releasing ceremony. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also cleanse a space if it's something that's connected to a space. Whatever you do, it's going to be personal to you. but. Um, I included a simple healing ritual that you really, you don't need anything for. You can, you know, if it, if, if music or some sort of, some sort of soundscape helps you relax Mm -hmm. by all means. Um, but all you need to do is find a comfortable spot to sit or lay back, whatever's comfortable, dim the lights or just make the room as comfortable as possible. You don't want anything harsh going on around you. So like 
like you're stepping into the massage room <laughs> got your music yeah. maybe you've got some yep. aromatherapy mm-hmm. the voices are real soft <laughs> and you're gonna place like you kind of said earlier one hand on your chest and one on your belly but this is for practicing your belly breathing you want to make sure that you are breathing um efficiently and that you're not stress breathing I'm really bad at that. I stress breathe a lot. And that's where if you feel how you breathe, you don't want to feel your chest rising up and down. You want to feel your belly rising up and down. So focusing on breathing in air into your abdomen and then out is an important part. Um, If you feel any racing thoughts or your heart starts really pumping, this is a trick I recently learned. Um. It's something that I actually do randomly and I never understood why, Mm -hmm. but it's a thing. So if you have adrenaline pumping or you're feeling anxious, take two inhales and then exhale. So like, and it helps reset your autonomic reaction to stress breathing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you... Like something really big has gone on and someone says to like focus on your breathing. Try that first. Like don't even go straight to the, you know, just gentle breathing. Do those two inhales and then exhale. I promise it helps a lot. Um, So once you've gotten to a really calm place and you're breathing from your belly, think about what caused your anger. Think whoever, Mm -hmm. who caused it, what they did. And take a moment to feel it. To really feel that anger and that pain and think, tell, ask yourself, where are you feeling it? What does it feel like? Um, anything that comes up when you're feeling it, acknowledge it. And then tell yourself, you're hurt, you're in pain, it's okay. And just keep repeating that to yourself. It's um, essentially self-validation of what you're feeling. And then ask yourself for permission to heal and or for guidance. And this is where if you work with deities, with spirit guides, with your higher self, whatever you work with, that speak to that and ask for permission to heal and for guidance, but also be willing to be open to those signs and feelings. You can even say, you know, if you work with a spirit guide, you could say, spirit, I'm I'm looking to heal. I'm looking for guidance and what to do next. You can say like, this is the kind of sign that I'm looking for. Nothing specific, um, mm-hmm. but it could be something as simple as, you know, if it could be in the form of a sound or uh, an animal, something to let me know when I'm on the right path. You know, it, it that part's real personal. It depends on how you connect and who you connect with and how, you know. Um, But at the end of this, place your hands across your chest in a self-embrace and allow yourself to feel loved. And that's just a simple healing ritual. Um, But so, okay, that's, you've been hurt. It's Mm -hmm. happened. You've decided not to do a curse. You want to heal. But if you're in a position where you're worried about being mm. cursed, I don't know why, but the, maybe you said something to some witch on the internet <laughs> and she said she's going to curse yeah. you. That's a thing. 
Um, maybe you would be more interested in a protection spell. And some witches may do like an, a whole spell with a ritual. Some may use sigils and runes. Um, some people have talismans. Totally whatever you choose to do. Everyone does something different. My personal like favorite form of protection, being Norse pagan, um, I utilize mm-hmm. the runes a lot. So this is gonna this may sound gross, but I promise it, there's a thing to it. Um, using your own spit, like lick your finger, mm-hmm. like make it spitty, but like lick it. Draw mm-hmm. the rune algies on the palms of your hands and forehead. And algies is the the rune of protection. It's essentially like the letter Y, but that center line goes up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be like um, antlers. Kind of oh, represents okay. antlers. Cool. Um, so you draw that on yourself with spit. The idea, okay, so the idea with spit is that it is a part of yourself. Right. But it's invisible to others. Ooh. That's, a, so that's like kind that. of like the Norse magic. Mm-hmm part of it um so you place that and then close your eyes and hold your palms up and you say to yourself either in your head or out loud i am protected and i am safe and you say that three times while envisioning yourself surrounded by light and that's it oh simple i love that's it literally all you have to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> um you can also you can do this like if you're out in public people might think you're weird but go for it it might be a little hard to do with the mask on. Like, don't pull <laughs> you your mask down. You have to stick your public, finger like, like under your mask, and then. <laughs> and I'm gonna say just to slow the spread, you know, definitely use hand sanitizer after you're done doing this or something. <laughs> so you're not spreading your spit yeah, I mean, all over surfaces other people are gonna touch. <laughs> If you're out in public. <laughs> Technically, like, if you are a very sweaty individual, you could totally use your own sweat. That's or also tears. gross. But, like, yeah, you totally could. It's The idea is that it's something, it's like a form of, um, oh, why did I just brain fart? Not blood magic, but, like, kind of. The idea of blood <laughs> Spit magic. Spit magic. At least with Norse magic was that it's it's from you. It's like a um body magic. Oh my god, Laura. No. A sacrifice. Oh. You're sacrificing a part of you for the sake of what you're doing. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Um a good place to do a spell like this though would be in the shower or the bath. Because you're also um in the mm-hmm. water, either the water's running over you or you're sitting in it, and it's really, it's obviously a clean place to be doing this. Yeah. Um, and if you're doing a bath, I know we mentioned earlier, you know, Epsom or the Himalayan salts, but I like to do one of those with baking soda and apple cider vinegar. Oh. It sounds like a weird mix, but. The vinegar is interesting. I feel, I feel literally different after I take a bath with those things. And that's not tied to just protection. That's just more of like an energetic cleanse Mm -hmm. in a way. Okay. Which if you're protecting yourself, by all means, do that. Um, Now, finally, finally, let's say the 
the witch on the internet said she's done it she's cursed you mm-hmm. so <laughs> what do you do if you've been cursed or think you've been cursed personally i've never felt like someone's curse has ever like landed on because i've had i've absolutely had witches be like usually it's tiktok and they're 13 mm-hmm. but <laughs> they say they've <laughs> cursed me um i've never felt cursed whether okay. like they just didn't do it or they did it just eh um i'm of the mind of just sending some big fuck off energy when it happens <laughs> if that were to happen but yeah for the sake of our podcast we'll go with something a little bit more witchy all right <laughs> so i found um a blog post she heard, she goes by the traveling witch she's done Ooh. a series on um curses some mm-hmm. of it I agreed with, some of it I thought, meh. But I really liked this. And um, these were steps to take if you've been cursed. So, from the via the Traveling Witch, step one is to evaluate your situation. So, you should do a thorough evaluation asking yourself the following questions. Do you know for certain that you've been cursed? If not, what makes you suspect you've been cursed? If yes, do you know who cursed you? The more information you can gather on who cursed you, how they did it, and why, the better off you'll be. And finally, what kinds of effects is the curse having? Is it affecting only you, or are others also experiencing the effects? So these questions help determine the best plan when for trying to break the curse. The more you know mm-hmm. about it, the better you can tailor it. Right. Um, to get rid of it it's also important at this point to make sure that you've really been cursed yeah (laughs) um you have to kind of ask yourself could it be bad luck or poor decision making is there someone who actually wants to curse you and i kind of feel like if you think you've been cursed it's probably because someone told you you've you've been fucking around calling witches out on tiktok um that'll get you cursed so the following steps they won't really help if a curse isn't the cause. So make sure as best as you can that you've actually been cursed. So the second step after you've evaluated is some spell reflecting. So when trying to break a curse, try to reflect it first. Um, reflecting spells. That was one we didn't label, I don't think. Oh, yeah. No, in the first part. Um, it's a method. It's a method of sending the, mag- the magic back to the caster, leaving your life curse free. This can be effective, but it doesn't work on every curse. I don't know why it wouldn't. Um, if you're dealing with an experienced spellcaster, they may have included safeguards to prevent the magic from rebounding on them. I really don't know how you would do that. I don't. Yeah. I, I kind of. I'm thinking I might not be the kind of witch that believes in that. Um. And anyway, it's a good idea to evaluate in the days after trying your spell reflection to determine whether or not it worked or if you need to move on to the next step. Mm -hmm. So then she says, if it does work, skip to step five. But let's say that didn't do anything. Okay. So the next step would be try a simple curse breaking spell. Another type of spell. So one is to let a source of living water carry it away. Take yourself to a natural source of water like a river, lake, or ocean and get in. So I guess like taking a bath, but like Mm -hmm. saying fuck off, go with the water. 
I kind of wonder even if you could do it in a bath, get in the bath, but like, I mean, you just pull the, the drain, drain plug and then it goes down the drain. Shower. A shower. Yeah, there you I'm go. I'm trying to think like, how do you bathe, but like the water's still on, but it's going out the. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shower, mm-hmm. Laura. Um, <laughs> another thing she wrote was burn a bay leaf at dawn and again at sunset. Allow the smoke to waft over you. And when the leaves have finished smoldering, scatter them in the wind. Uh, a third one is to use selenite to cleanse your energy field and break the hold that the curse has on you. Another one is take a bath with Epsom salts. It sounds like if you're a witch, you really need Epsom salt. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. Bulk and up. you need hex-breaking <laughs> herbs. <laughs> so to, I guess if there's a hex on you, some herbs to break it would be bay leaves, fennel, mm-hmm. jasmine, and nettles. So I guess those are some common ones. And then finally, clean your house with water infused with those hex breaking herbs mop the floors clean the walls wash the doors and windows and when you're finished throw the mop water out the back door nice finally if that doesn't work if the curse um, i like the title of this one and it's (laughs) brute force um (laughs) it's time to break break the curse with force so this spell is simply an example of one that can be used, but there are many out there and you should pick um, and or tailor a spell to most closely fit like what you know about the curse. Mm -hmm. So this says you need air drying clay, water charged with the energy sun, preferably at noon, a slip of paper and pen. And I guess red ink is preferred a bay leaf, black candle, Mm -hmm. fire safe container, a tool for writing in clay, and a hammer. I'm liking that last one. I'm ready. So the spell must be performed at night. (laughs) (laughs) Maria's so ready with her hammer. I have a hammer, like, right on this desk. (laughs) Because, you know, because spells. No, I'm just kidding. I was, like, putting together Ikea furniture, so. (laughs) No. So the spell must be performed at night and will be most effective if performed during the new or waning moon phase. Cleanse yourself and your workspace thoroughly and anoint yourself with the solar water. Light the candle. Write down on your slip of paper all of the effects that the curse has had on you. Be thorough and specific. When you've written everything down, fold the bay leaf into the paper and set it on fire. Allow it to burn completely to ashes in the fire safe container. When the ashes are finished smoldering, set them aside. Take a small portion of clay, enough to uh, create a talisman that'll be easy to carry, but not so small that you can't inscribe it. Imagine that size. Um, Anoint it with a drop of solar water. Mix the ashes into the clay thoroughly. Roll the clay into a ball and flatten it into a disc, but also make sure it's not too thin. On one side, inscribe the words, no more befouled, again unbound, again unbidden. On the other side, inscribe a symbol to represent the curse. This can be a sigil, but it can also just be a simple doodle. Close your ritual space, blow out the candle, and let the talisman dry according to the directions provided. 
When the talisman is completely dry, take it outside early one morning and allow it to sit in the sun until noon. The talisman is now finished. Carry it with you everywhere you go and it will absorb the energy from the curse, preventing it from affecting you. On the next new moon, or the waning moon, I guess, um, take the talisman and smash it, rendering the curse that it has absorbed useless and broken. Dispose of the shards outside of your home. Nice. So step five, let's say you've done either all of those things or one of those things. You've broken the curse. Okay. But I guess once you've broken it, your work isn't over quite yet. Um, once a curse okay. has been broken, you'll need to do some magical housekeeping to remove any lingering energy or effects. The first step is to thoroughly cleanse yourself, your home, and anyone else who has been affected by the curse. Set up wards and protective enchantments around yourself and your home to block future curses. These measures should be regularly updated and refreshed as long as you're in a situation that may incite another curse. If none of those work, you probably weren't cursed. <laughs> Yeah. The end. <laughs> um, I would say like 9.9 .9 times out of 10, you probably weren't cursed. Just. Yeah. They're just trying to get in your head. Yeah. Sometimes you can have like a self-fulfilling you know, curse where you think someone has oh, some absolutely. ill will against you and bad shit happens. But the, mm -hmm. the thing is, bad shit happens all the time. But then you attribute it to this curse and you actually feed yep. it. And it does, like, you know, potentially you become a real power. thing because you've you've cultivated it in the end. You've given it power. Exactly. It's like a poltergeist. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think curses can absolutely be like poltergeists. I think that's why they're so prevalent in, like, pop culture and urban legends and stuff. Because when yeah. people feel really strongly with enough negative emotion, just like poltergeists can, like, spring yep. up out of somebody, I think a curse can inadvertently spring up. For sure, from people. Yep. 100%. So, um, yeah, I said the end, but, like, I'll just reiterate, you cannot ethically curse or hex someone. Yeah, don't do it, guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would be my, just don't, just don't. Mm -hmm. But just know if you do, you're, you're unethical. Yeah. It's an unethical thing to do. Um, I think also yeah. during uh, our this whole episode, I was thinking, I, I mentioned in the very beginning when I was listing types of spells, one being cord cutting. And I think that mm -hmm. might be the only one other than maybe a sweetener spell that involves another person that can be mm -hmm. ethical to do. Because that's more like you laying out your boundaries. Like, you're not wishing ill yeah. will on the person, right? You're just... Um, no. You're, it's just like when you... It's for it's you. Cutting, the spell yeah, is for it's you. It's for you, again. Like, it's if this is like a toxic person, just like there's people who mm -hmm. cut off toxic people in their life, you know? And you just feel like even if you yep. tried to do that in a practical way and you still feel mm. just some sort of, like, spiritual attachment or something and you just want to do some sort of ritual to really, like help you reach that like release cord cutting i think is great i think for you know yeah i think naturally people will start thinking like yeah. second guessing oh well you know cord cutting is one that involves other people a sweetener is one that involves other people to um 
But again, that's more like, those are more like about you. Exactly. I think, I think that's the key is you have, who is benefiting from what you're trying to do? If it's you, then it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I actually, as I was doing this episode too, I was thinking about some gray areas. And one that I, I've actually been encountering a lot lately is, is from a lot of um, religious people of, let me pray. I'm going to pray for you. Mm-hmm. Which I think that can carry over. I'm sorry if you heard that. I just stepped up nowhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> doing something without the consent of someone else, even if you tell them you're doing it, you haven't asked. And I've had some people ask, can I pray for you in your situation? I'm, I'm not like, I'm not saying this because I'm anti-prayer. Um, I just think it's an example of um, intentions when doing something involving someone else. I know a lot of people who will say, oh, I was thinking of you and I prayed for you in your situation. My immediately thought is always, well, what did you pray for mm-hmm. that involved me? Is it something that I'm on board with? Mm-hmm. Because I know when I was a senior... I was hanging out with these two sisters whose dad was a youth minister. And after mm-hmm. school, we all lived in Rohnert Park, but um, they would go to the church for a little while after we got out. Mm-hmm. So I would hang out with them for a little while. And the um, like main minister there always would ask if he could save me. He's like, well, I'm going to keep praying for you until you're ready for me to save you. And I thought, no, I'm so not okay with that. I'm really not okay with that. And I think sometimes people have good intentions, but that that doesn't make it good, you know? Yeah. And it's still done without the consent of the person. And that's a lot like spells. You might, and oh my God, mediumship too. This comes up. Someone says, oh my God, my so-and-so in my life passed away and I've seen a lot of like mediums speaking out about other mediums that'll say oh I heard that your father passed away I contacted him and he said blah 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 that was done without consent yes very much not okay yeah Um, um... and a lot of people will say I did a spell for you again not okay Mm -hmm. good intentions but consent yeah absolutely like I um I've been very mindful of that like the whole like when somebody passes because um I think man that's another Absolutely. like ethical that's another up like <laughs> upcoming ethical yeah. episode is like the actually, of like mediumship and I think we there's I think you actually talked about this medium I posted something of hers I think it would be fun to do an ethical mediumship mm-hmm episode with a medium yeah yeah for sure who can like really speak to you know what i mean like a professional Mm -hmm. who deals with it on a regular basis because there's one that i follow that calls it out all the time Mm -hmm. um and there's i mean there's actually a couple but this one's like she's made it her thing no like it's really like her platform and be like mm. mm-hmm. yeah 
I think it's just to keep other people safe. Yeah. Because oof. absolutely. I think that's that's um really, really important. Like obviously I am not a medium. I have some like underdeveloped medium abilities. But even I, when it comes to me, mm-hmm. like I'm not gonna if I like sense or I get a ton of dream visitations. That's what's big for me. I'm not gonna go and tell the person who's yeah. loved one it is that like, oh, so and so, you know, visited me and they didn't ask for it. So it's like unless they right. They know about exactly. my abilities. That's why I have you know, issues with. They know about my abilities and ask like, "Hey, Maria, has so and so visited you, or do you feel so and so?" Like, I'll. That's when I'll give it to them, like what I feel, and to also warn yeah. them to take it with a grain of salt because it's only my experience, you know, that yeah. I'm I'm speaking to. But yeah, I'm not gonna just like hand out that information because I feel like it's emotionally yeah. manipulative and. One hundred percent. And it's like you don't know if it's like it's like uh, assuming that, you know, what's good for that person. And they may, they might not. Right. They, you have you, no idea that you don't know their, their headspace, headspace if, if they, they can, can take, take it. it. That's why, like, as fun as Long Island Medium is mm-hmm. to watch, like the fact that she'll just be like exactly. going around. That's who I was going to yeah. call out. <laughs> going around and like these poor people are just <laughs> trying to go about their day, trying to do their groceries or trying to like do their CrossFit thing or whatever, wherever she was. They're just trying to go about their yeah. day. And they might be like, wow, the first day that I don't feel sad about this. And then this woman is in their face telling them like, <laughs> your father is here telling me why have you forgotten him? Or <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, it's just like. Yeah. Whoa. Well, and that's. And every medium has their own energy, too. She is hard for me to watch because she's got so much energy behind her, which I'm like, I, that's not the kind of medium I ever want to, like, speak with because that's not an energy I can take, even if it's a loved one speaking through her. Yeah, I'm it's like a like, personality thing, too. Like, different? find the right right medium for you, <laughs> yes. right? Exactly. But, yeah, that would be a really good... Because I think it all it all ties in together. I mean, that's why we called it a series, mm-hmm. right? Ethical witchcraft. Yeah. It covers <laughs> it covers so much, but like you just mm-hmm. can't. You don't you don't know what's going on in someone else's life, and your stuff should be focused on you. Yeah, keep period. track of your own inventory. Yeah. So, and with that. We'll wrap up this episode. Um, I loved this episode. I mean, I think I like. I feel like I always yeah, say that at the end of every one. episode, <laughs> but this was a really <laughs> good one. Like I'm like I'm always like oh, I yeah, love this episode. Oh, I love this episode. This was a great episode. Um, <laughs> I just like hype us up all the time. But no, this is I think when we wanted to talk about for a while, and I feel like especially for yeah. even. Even seasoned witches, I'll say especially new witches, but even you guys that are more seasoned, it's a it's a good thing to, you know, have in the back of your mind, in the front of your mind, in the side of your mind. Like ethics are important. Again, it's the morals and principles we live by. And if you have if you Mm -hmm. have like principles, it's like, you know, for me, at least I just want to do things that are I want to do right by myself and others. That's what I'm really concerned with. I yeah. think, you know, most of us yep. want to do right by others. So anyways. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much, y'all. You've been listening to The New Witches. I'm Maria. I'm Laura. 
And if you'd like to follow us on the social means, we're at The New Witches on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, if you'd like to support the show, because right now it's just, you know, me and Laura, you know, making this show happen. Um, the best way to support us is become a Patreon member. We'll give you exclusive benefits. You get extra monthly bonus episodes, um, as well as you're added to our close friends list on Instagram. Um, you can join our private Patreon only uh, Facebook group, um, as well as private readings too from Laura. So go ahead and check us out. Um, Patreon.com slash the new witches. Uh, again, also, we just had our listeners episode on the 13th. We have those every 13th of the month. So if you'd like to submit your story or question, too, we're doing questions now as well. There's a few ways you can do that. Go to our yep. website, thenewwitches.com, and go to our contact page. We have a submission form there. Or if you'd like to email in your story or question, you can do so at thenewwitches at gmail.com. We'll accept typed entries as well as if you want to send us an audio file of you telling your story or asking the question, then we'll include that in the, in the episode. Another way to send in a recording of yourself, you can call our Google voice number. That's 707-559-8111. Yeah. It just goes straight <laughs> to voicemail. You know, you don't, you won't have to deal with anybody. You won't, you know, you'll just hear my dulcet tones, you know, say, leave a message after the beep. And that's pretty much it. So <laughs> Um, I would love to get something from our Google voice number. So like we have yet to get anybody to send it in through there. So I'm, yeah, we like, were I'm just so gonna... excited, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I know, like we got that all set up. And it's like, okay, if you like prefer the other like channels of getting your yeah. story slash question in. But like, I'm so stoked for when somebody actually starts using the Google voice number. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> that is our show. <laughs> thank you so much um for listening in thing and just like you know we hope that you learned a lot from all of our ethical witchcraft episodes we'll keep them coming but we'll see you next week again for our spooky episode yeah. and part two of my true crime of the west memphis three so definitely listen into <gasps> yes. that and then laura will have paranormal again do you know yeah. what, what you're gonna cover yet for paranormal i'm not saying what it is Okay, I'm. Right. I like surprises. I'm, going back and I'm forth down between a couple things. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> well, tune in next week for sure on Wednesday to to hear the rest of the West Memphis Three story, as well as find out what Laura has in store for us. Stay witchy, guys. Keep it creepy. Bye. Bye. Bye.